So, Arisha, as two people who grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s, you and I have seen the pop culture landscape change quite a bit. I think Mm. that's fair to say. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) We've also seen a lot of artists kind of reinvent themselves by embracing other cultures and their fashion and music style. Some mm-hmm. to the point of being accused of cultural appropriation. Yeah, and you know, we're no longer in the 90s and early 2000s, so we can't uh-huh. claim ignorance anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, we all remember that Gwen Stefani broke free of No Doubt and went on to become one of the most successful solo acts in the world. And mm-hmm. she built an entire brand around Japanese culture. Yeah. So, I don't know if anyone remembers the Harajuku girls, but This was her entourage, basically. It was four Japanese women who also served as her backup dancers. Yeah, I was never a Gwen fan, so I had no no idea about this. Same. And in researching for today's show, I just, my jaw's been on the floor. Just. Yeah, agree. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm not the only one. A lot of people (laughs) see that whole era as hugely problematic. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Gwen is not one of those people. In a new interview, she's doubling down and causing a stir. Yeah, she's definitely making a choice, that's for sure. Yep, she is. We all do it. We all make choices. We do. Oftentimes, not great ones. Yeah. From Wondery, I'm Brooke Ziffrin. And I'm Arisha Skidmore-Williams. It's Thursday, January 12th. And you're listening to Rich and Daily. If you've been keeping up with Even the Rich, you've heard us talking about Monopoly Go. That's right. And we're going to keep talking about it. So playing Monopoly Go with your family and friends is truly a delight. Yeah, there's always something new to do, like partner events where you build on each other's boards, crazy tournaments where you can recruit your friends, or competitions to outdo them on the leaderboards. And we love competition. Yeah, we do. Too much. And if you want to play solo, there's timed events like obscenely massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees. It's honestly a really great pastime. Exactly. Compete with your friends and people all around the world to be the biggest Monopoly tycoon on the leaderboards. So join the fun and download Monopoly Go now, free on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. Richies, you know we love to shop, so it's only fitting that today's sponsor is Saks.com. Saks.com is the perfect place to find new style inspiration. Yeah, Saks.com has everything for your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for brunch, a bright Chloe blazer for that job interview, or Stodd's gold cowboy boots for a concert. These are all such different vibes, and literally all vibes I would love to be a part of, so that's fun. Oh, (laughs) yeah, definitely. So find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Sax.com. Sax.com. Give me that, give me that hot If you're like us, maybe you don't remember or never knew about Gwen Stefani's Harajuku era. Mm -hmm. So this was a time when she embraced, we'll call it, Japanese culture to the point where she added four Japanese backup dancers to her act. And they followed her around all the time. Like they were an 
interviews with her just sitting there. That, seeing those clips was just like, what is going on? It's weird. It is weird. It's really weird. That's the nicest way to describe it. The way it. she just, like, barely acknowledges them. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, and in the years since that musical phase, Gwen has received a ton of criticism for appropriating Japanese culture in her music and her fashion brands. And now she's taking more heat because she just did a new interview with Allure. And when she was kind of given the chance to clear the air about these accusations of cultural appropriation, Gwen shocked everyone by saying repeatedly, I'm Japanese. You gotta love just doubling down on the absolute worst thing. In just the weirdest way. Yeah. Like, too. Uh, uh, not here for what? it. No. Uh, ugh. <laughs> so Gwen was being interviewed for Allure magazine by Jessa Marie Kalaor, who's Filipina-American. And when Jessa asked Gwen about her Harajuku era, Gwen said she was first introduced to Japanese culture by her dad, who at the time worked for Yamaha, and he would regularly travel between California and Japan for work. Mm-hmm. And Gwen says that when she eventually traveled to Japan herself, she became a super fan of the culture, which is like, okay, period, end it. That yes, should be it. Uh, yes. But then she said, my God, I'm Japanese and I didn't know it. And then everyone just looked at her. <laughs> silence for hours. And she was like, did you not hear me? I'm Japanese. Yeah. Um, but she then confirmed this to Jessa in the interview saying, I am, you know. Stop it, Gwen. Right? Like, stop. (laughs) That's crazy. Does she not have handlers? Like, what's going on? (laughs) Um, Gwen also said in the interview, if people are going to criticize me for being a fan of something beautiful and sharing that, then I just think that doesn't feel right. And it's like, is that what people are criticizing you for, Gwen? Exactly. No one's saying that. Really? Are you really that just completely ignorant to everything going on? It's weird that she keeps saying fan, but also I'm Japanese. Like, yeah, she's, pick a lane. Yeah, right. And please pick the right one, finally. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Um, Gwen also said her love of Japanese culture is innocent. <laughs> um, and, of course, you know, Jessa, the person that interviewed Gwen, was like, this, this can't be it. Like, if you read the article, she said that she and somebody else who was there from Allure just kind of looked at each other like this. Did we hear what we heard? <laughs> um, so Gwen's representatives actually reached out to them after the interview, claiming that Jessa misunderstood her comments. Oh, And Jessa was like, okay, clarify. And they were like, you've reached the wrong number. Please hang up and <laughs> dial again. Like, not the gaslighting. It's Mm-mm. like, wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, it's like, no, she said, I am Japanese. You don't understand. That's <laughs> That's what she said. It's like, yeah, I know. So that's yeah. not it. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. She said I'm Japanese. Don't you get it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. This actually makes it more clear as to why no one's stopping Gwen. <laughs> They're all You're like, right. what You're do right. you got? It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is not the first time Gwen has taken heat for her Harajuku phase. Back in 2005, comedian Margaret Cho, who is Asian American, referred to Gwen's Harajuku entourage as a minstrel show. Mm. And in 2014, a writer for Time wrote an article that basically said Gwen owes people an apology for her Harajuku era and for using Asian women as props. Yeah. Which is like, that part still is blowing my mind. I just... It's it's peak weird. It's so weird. Some of the clips was just so uncomfortable. Like, why are you doing this? Who do you think you are? Right. Well, a Japanese woman. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. 
if we're going to examine Gwen's cultural inspirations, it doesn't just include Japanese culture, sadly. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Gwen. She doesn't discriminate against which culture she's going to appropriate. <laughs> like, you got to give her right. props for that. Yeah, uh, she's everything. <laughs> she is. Yeah, she's really a woman of the world. She's multicultural. Yeah, yeah. Surprised they're not using that on her PR team. She did call herself a mutt, so maybe that's what she meant. Mm, yeah, maybe. Um, back in the 90s, Gwen would often wear a bindi, which is traditionally worn in the Hindu community. She also yeah. wore saris on stage while performing with No Doubt, also not of her culture. Um, and then she decided to go to a different culture and she started wearing Bantu knots, cornrows, and other braids, which originated in the Black community. And then later in 2005, she was accused of appropriating Mexican culture for the music video to her song Luxurious. So in the video, she's surrounded by Latin American extras. She really likes to surround herself yeah. with people of other cultures as props. She does. Yeah. And God. Yeah. And so she's surrounded by Latin American extras while she's wearing a Frida Kahlo inspired outfit and whacking pinatas. Which is just like it's like come on, come on. <laughs> it's like I like not being so stereotypically weird. It's like let's go down the list of all of these stereotypes and check yeah. them off. That's what their uh, the set designer did, basically. I'm assuming. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, and you know, I would like to say that's it, but absolutely not. We only got to 2005. So in 2012, Gwen reunited with No Doubt. I had no idea this happened. Didn't care. <laughs> no, um, what was I doing during this time? I don't know. Not paying attention living, to Gwen Stefani. Not appropriating yeah. other people's cultures. Two wild ways to live your life. Yeah. Um, but in 2012, she reunited with No Doubt and they released a cowboy and Native American themed music video for their song Looking Hot. And in that, Gwen played a Native American princess dressed in a feathered headdress and moccasin boots. Mm. And this is 2012. Wow. Like, come on. Yeah. We know better by then. Um, yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. We're still not done. Uh, just two years ago in 2021, so barely two years ago, because we're just fresh into 2023, yeah. um, she was accused of appropriating Black culture again for her Light My Fire music video. In that video, she's wearing dreadlocks and a green and yellow outfit that matches the Jamaican flag. Mm. It's like... My God. Uh, this woman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and... Uh, it's obvious she's learned nothing. It's giving Rachel Dolezal vibes. Yes. If anyone remembers her? Yeah. Yep, I was thinking the same yeah. thing. And Hilaria Baldwin. Yeah, someone in the comments said they're best friends, her and Hilaria. And I was like, <laughs> yep, that checks. Are they really? No. I mean, I don't think so. Joke? I think it was a oh, joke. Okay. I assume. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who knows, honestly, anymore. Um, so, obviously, Gwen has a very long list of cultural appropriation faux pas, but like we said, she doesn't seem to see a problem. No, she does not. Uh, in her Allure interview, she says it should be okay to be inspired by other cultures. And it is it okay. Is. Gwen, it is okay. Idiot. <laughs> God. Um, and in an interview with Paper Magazine from 2021, she said, if we didn't buy and sell and trade our cultures in, we wouldn't have so much beauty. Um, but her latest I'm Japanese comment is obviously what's really getting people talking like obviously yeah this just like this isn't it and i'm just i think jessa said it best Jess is the one that interviewed gwen for this article um because she said yeah you know especially in light of the uptick in racism here in the united states towards asian american and pacific islander communities she envies anyone who can claim to be part of this vibrant creative community but avoid the part of the narrative that can be painful or scary 
And that's like the whole thing mm-hmm. about appropriating cultures is it's like, yeah, until you're discriminated against, because face it, you are discriminated against if you're a minority. That's just the way this world works. You don't get to yes. claim the fun parts. Like, that's just not, that's not how exactly. it works. Exactly. Culture is not a costume. Exactly. We should put that on a t-shirt. I will. Um, it's probably on I one. I know, it's gotta already. be. <laughs> it's on one for like Sheen, where they're just, you know, destroying oh, yeah. other communities. <laughs> Can't win in this don't world, I started. swear. Don't. Um, but on Twitter, a lot of people are disappointed and shocked at how Gwen is doubling down on her past with cultural appropriation. One person yeah. tweeted, the white culture of thinking you can identify as a person of color simply because you like something about that culture, it is not appreciation. Mm-hmm. But we can always count on a housewife to chime in. Notoriously <laughs> white and not a minority Kyle Richards <laughs> from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has Gwen's back. She commented on an E! News Instagram post and said, everyone can't wait to be offended by something. Okay, you know what? In the immortal words of Ken Todd, goodbye, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Beautifully said. (laughs) Any of my Housewives fans out there? (laughs) Listen, what the hell is Kyle Richards talking about? And why is she weighing in on this? The fact that it's like, this is the hill you want to die on? Really? Like, come on, Kyle. And Gwen's like, who are you? I don't know her. (laughs) Right. Yeah. God. Um, So... I mean, what do you think? Obviously, she has a long history of this. Um, do you think it's catching up with her? Or will mother appropriation, as she's been called, get another pass? You know, I, as I always do, I go to the comment sections of people <laughs> when they're, you know, embroiled in some kind of scandal. And I yep. was surprised at how few comments there were about this. Like, mm-hmm. there was literally, I only saw one that was like, when you're not Japanese, LOL. Like, I feel like, so I don't know if she's deleting comments, mm. but her comments aren't closed. So it's not enough that she's like, I got to shut things down, which just makes me think like, this is just going to be a little blip for her. If it's even a blip yeah. for her, like she hasn't addressed it. She's not going to. She thinks she's Japanese, but <laughs> I just, I don't know. Well, I have little faith. It's, I know. Well, I, I feel like this hasn't been blown up that much. Yeah. Like, I, I don't feel like I've seen this everywhere, mm, you know? Yeah. Like, a lot of times, stories like these, you'll scroll Instagram, and it's, like, everywhere. Yeah. I don't feel like that about this story, necessarily. Yeah. I know it's out there, but not that much, it doesn't feel like. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's, like, I feel like this, unfortunately, isn't enough to um, affect change. Like, like you yeah. look at somebody like Kanye, and he did so many terrible things until people are like, that's enough. Like. It just, you have, and I'm not, I'm not right. saying Gwen's Kanye, but I'm just saying like, no, what you have to do as a celebrity, especially a celebrity of her status, you have to do so many terrible things, which is just awful. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying like, we need to cancel her. Like I cancel culture is out of control, but I'm just saying like holding people accountable. I don't feel like she's being held accountable. I don't know that she can no. be held accountable. I, I mean, I don't know. Like she's, she's just such a high status that it's like, unless people are upset enough about this, And I don't think people are, unfortunately. No, I agree with you. Honestly, I'm just like waiting for the day that Gwen finally tries to identify as a good singer because (laughs) that hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Well, then we'd really have a scandal on our hands. Yeah, we would. Just the nerve. From Wondery, I'm Brooke Ziffrin. And I'm Arisha Skinner-Williams. This is Rich and Daily. See you tomorrow, Richies. Listen to Rich and Daily on Amazon Music or on your Alexa-enabled device. 
Just ask, Alexa, play the Rich and Daily podcast. And tell your friends, we've got the hot goss. Hey, this is Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, where twice a week I speak to meditation teachers, top research scientists, and even the odd celebrity about how to do life better. And on a recent episode, I spoke to the huge global pop star Dua Lipa about how she does her own life. What are the non-negotiable practices and principles for her? Those are just like life things that I like to live by. Uh, Never do the same job twice and never leave today's thing for tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are really important things. The episode is uh, incredible and actually quite practical, especially when it comes to creativity. Is it true that in typical overachiever fashion, you wrote 97 songs for this record? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I wrote 97 songs. We wrote a lot of songs, but not all of them are good. You know, that's the other thing. Like, I have to write myself into a good idea. To listen to this episode and more, follow 10% Happier on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.